I want to show you how the words that you use, whether it's in your head, right, the self-talk that we all have running in the background of our minds, or the things that you say to other people, the things that you write down, maybe in your journal, both the inner use of language and the outer use of language. I want to show you how powerful of a lever that can be in your own journey of healing, growth, and creating better relationships. Welcome to Your Brain on Trauma, where we share science-based tools to heal from childhood traumas so you can let go of patterns that might be holding you back, have better relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. I'm a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a trauma recovery coach, and a survivor myself. I'm super honored to have you here. I've got so much to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my loved ones. How are you guys doing? Really, how are you today? I invite you to just pause for a second and just truly check in. You don't need to change anything that you find in there, but just make room for it and acknowledge it, whatever you're feeling right here, right now. See if you can take a moment to check in with your inner world and just acknowledge the different feelings, sensations, thoughts you might be having. Because they matter. Because your inner world matters. I have a very important message today for you. And that is the power of the spoken word. I want to show you how the words that you use, whether it's in your head, right, the self-talk that we all have running in the background of our minds, or the things that you say to other people, the things that you write down, maybe in your journal, both the inner use of language and the outer use of language. I want to show you how powerful of a lever that can be in your own journey of healing, growth, and creating better relationships. Okay? And it's going to be a short episode because I want to allow this message to stand on its own right? Without a lot of fillers. Some messages, I think, they're important to keep short to the point and to have silence before and after, kind of like bookending something, because those messages need that punchiness to really have their full impact. The potential of the impact of what I'm going to share with you today is better when it stands on its own. So here we go. The power of 
language and the spoken word. What I want to tell you is to first of all, start looking at how you use language. Okay. One of the best ways to do this that I know of is really to just pick up a journal and free write whatever comes to your mind. Whatever that you're thinking about, whatever happens to come out and keep writing, trying not to stop or edit, just keep writing, okay? If you go blank for a second, just write that. Say, I feel blank right now, but I'm going to keep thinking, oh, right now I'm having a thought about how the weather is kind of cold and I should have uh, packed uh, blah, blah, blah for the trip, right? Whatever comes up, just get that down on paper for a couple of minutes, a few minutes. And then take a few minutes break, right? Go do something else and then come back and look at that paper. And here's what I want you to um, assess in your paper, not the content, okay? We're not looking for what is it that I seem to be worried about? What, what are the underlying pinnings of, you know, what is this trying to tell me? We're not analyzing the content. Instead, what I want you to do is look for a couple of things in your language, in the actual words that you have jotted down. Number one is look for the use of pronouns referring to yourself versus uh, words that hint at collaboration or connection or community. So for example, circle all the letters or words that might be words like I, me, mine. And then also circle separately with a different colored pen the words that maybe things like we, they, us, them, right? Signifying a group or signifying some sort of relational component. That's the number one thing I want you to, and there's no right and wrong to this at all. We're not trying to pit one against the other. We're literally just observing with gentle, tender, kind curiosity, okay? So that's the first thing. Circle pronouns versus words that signify some sort of relational component. The second thing I want you to um, look for pattern-wise is words that tend to have an absolutist meaning to them. For example, he is so-and-so. I am this kind of person. She is that kind of person. It will never be better. This is hopeless. This, you know, rich people are like this. Or my job is like this. Or my middle child is always like this. Things that signify less grayness and more of a black and white sort of it is or it isn't. It is good or not. It is fixed somewhat, right? There's a fixed quality 
to those words. So find anything like that. You may have many, you may have zero, you may have a couple. It's all good. Underline those words, how many ever you happen to find. Okay? Great. Now, number three, and this is the last um, sort of last exercise that we're going to do in looking at language on that piece of paper. The third and final one is to look for language that either speaks to a feeling of lack of self-efficacy, feeling that this cannot be changed, I cannot do anything about it, I just have to accept it as it is, those kind of words. So it may be things like, I can't do X, Y, and Z because I have to do this other thing. Or I have to do X, Y, and Z because otherwise that person will get upset or I'll be in trouble at work, right? Things that, um, the words that speak to a sense of there is no other way, this is the only way and I'm somewhat trapped and I have to react like this, I have no choice, okay? Again, you may have many words like that, you may have zero words like that, or you might have just a couple, all good. And on the flip side of number three, try to find words where you have taken complete personal responsibility, meaning I will not be going because I'm choosing not to. So words like I won't, I choose not to, I will not, I am going to, right? Words that signify a sense of personal power. So you notice again, in summary, there are three categories. All we're doing is letting our mind run free, jotting it down all on paper for a few minutes until you have at least two or three paragraphs of random stuff. And then we're going to take a break for a few minutes at least. Or you can do this in the morning, leave the paper at home, go to work, do your thing, and then come home. And before you go to bed, look at the paper again, right? You just need a little break between writing down a few paragraphs free associating, and then actually looking through it for patterns. And the patterns that we're looking for, number one, is pronouns versus words that have some relational component. Number two, words that signify a fixed black and white sort of quality to it. It's just the way it is. That person or me or that situation is just the way it is versus words that have more nuance and gray to them. And then the final thing is words that signify a sense of personal efficacy and personal power. I choose to, I can, I will, I won't, I'm going to, versus words that signify a sense of a loss of control, sense of I have no choice. This is the way it has to be. I am having to do these things or act in this way or say these things because 
otherwise I'll get in trouble. Otherwise somebody else will be upset. Otherwise my boss won't like it. Otherwise my son will have a temper tantrum or a meltdown, whatever it is. These are the three categories. Now, once you look through those three categories, what I want you to do as a self-assessment is to think about when I look at the overall pattern of these three categories, does it tend, just overall, does it tend to lean toward a feeling of grayness, nuance, personal power, and having a relational component? Or does it tend to lean more toward um, thinking about and ruminating about our own stuff, right? Which happens in trauma, but it also happens in anxiety and depression, is that we are very caught up in our own world, right? That rumination has been shown to be a big factor in relapse of anxiety or depression. So if there's a lot of words that are about pronouns, about ourselves, I, my, mine, if that's the majority, just notice that for now. Same thing with the second, if the majority is towards black and white thinking versus nuanced gray thinking, just notice that. And the third, notice where you tend to fall with the personal power and self-efficacy versus the, this is how it is and I can't do anything about it and I have to act or say these things or make these decisions, right? And overall, I say overall because it's normal and human to have some uh, pronouns and after all, it's a self-reflection and so you're going to have some components of reflecting on you there is going to be some black and white thinking. There is going to be some sense of, oh, well, I can't do anything about it. I have to act or say these things, right? There's going to be some of that just because we all have a human brain and the human brain tends to look for danger and um, have repetitive patterns of thinking just because the brain likes to be efficient. So it goes back to thinking in ways that we're, we're practiced because that's just efficient, right? So that's normal to have some of that. This is not about, oh my gosh, I have, you know, a few times when I used I, me, mine, or I had black and white thinking. That's not the point. The point is to look for overall, which way do I lean? And if you notice that you tend to lean towards a lack of personal power, some more black and white thinking than nuanced thinking and more self-rumination, that is a powerful indicator. And this has been shown over and over in research. Powerful indicator of the tendency to see things through the lens of hopelessness through the lens of past disappointments, hurts, and traumas. And it's also an indicator that you could, you are more susceptible to go into anxiety or depression. 
Okay. This, I think, is very, very good news because it doesn't sound like good news, but what I want to tell you is it is good news because this is easily something you can shift, right? It's not some vague neurotransmitter in your brain. It is something that is very tangible and within your control to shift. Really, there is no better and easier access than language, right? Within five minutes, you can self-diagnose where your tendency is. And in that, you can start looking at one of these three categories as the first place. You can choose any one of those three categories as the first place to start using language more powerfully and more um, with a nuanced curiosity. Because just that, just that shift alone has been shown to be equal or better than medications or CBT for mild, moderate depression. I want to say that again. Just shifting one of these categories of language has been shown to be equivalent to the best treatments that we have on the planet right now. Sometimes better than the best treatments we have supposedly on the planet right now. So my friends, I'm going to stop right here because I actually want to let this stand on its own so you can go do it. I don't want you to just listen to it and think about it. I want you right now, if you're driving and if you're able to pull into a parking lot, do that. Take out a piece of paper and a pen, set a timer for three or four minutes and just free associate for a few paragraphs. And then later today, go back to that and use the three criteria that I walked you through and then decide which one are you going to pick to start shifting your internal state. Because when we clean our lens, the world we see is brighter, clearer, and makes more sense. So with that, I would love to hear what your experience was of doing this exercise. Drop it in the review section below. I love reading your comments. I read every single one. I would love to hear what your takeaway was from this exercise. All right? I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Hi, my friend. If you found this episode helpful, come join us in our free Facebook group called Your Brain on Trauma. The link is in the show notes and there is a whole community there of women just like you who are on this sacred healing journey. We cannot heal in isolation. We need community. And that's what we have in our free Facebook group. I'll see you there.